the sun is shining and all of my favorite plant friends are popping up right now. Speaking of plants, what are you growing this year? Do you know? Do you know what kind of medicine will be in your garden? Or are you still trying to figure it out? Totally okay if you're still trying to figure it out. We're all growing and learning on this journey, right? But if you want some help, I do have a family medicine garden guides. It's basically 10 essential herbs that I feel like every mom needs to know and grow in their yard. I give you some growing tips and ways that you can use it as medicine, and it's totally free. So if you want that, I'm going to pop a link in the show notes here for you to grab it and give Get your hands digging in the dirt and growing incredible medicine for you and your family. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Herbalist Path, where we are on a mission to inspire a movement where there's an herbalist in every home again. So that means that your neighbors, best friends, cousins, little sisters, brothers, girlfriends, neighbor can use plant medicine in their home. I'm really thrilled about today's episode. I have a great discussion with my dear friend, Dr. Orna Isaacson, and we go into herbs that can be used to support your emotions and your body during times of great despair, sadness, and loss. The day of this interview, I was experiencing great despair, sadness, and loss, which we'll go into in the episode. Dr. Orna also talks about why she feels that there needs to be an herbalist in every home so that we can empower one another to take some of our health care back into our own hands. And I couldn't agree more. She's also super kind and generous. If you listen all the way to the end, you'll hear Dr. Orna talk about a freebie she's giving to the Herbalist Path listeners. So that's all about medicinal spring weeds, and I think you're going to love it. So thanks again for tuning in to the Herbalist Path. Let's take a journey down it now. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in again to the Herbalist Path, where we are on a mission to inspire a movement where there's an herbalist in every home again. I am incredibly honored to have this guest on this podcast today, my very, very good friend, Dr. Orna Isaacson, who is an amazing naturopathic physician. She came from the land of journalism, and um, she is just a really brilliant powerhouse also in the world of herbalism and bringing people together and helping that become community medicine for people. She ran the Traditional Roots Institute at the National University. University of Naturopathic Medicine for uh, six years, and she and I love to have our most productive meetings as we are walking in the woods together. We call them uh, business meetings in boots. So I'm very, very excited to have Orna on today. Um, Hello, Orna. Hi, Mel. I just want to say I'm so excited to be here, and for those of you listening, you probably already know that Mel is the most amazing person on every level. And I am so honored that I get to know her, that I get to be her 
friend that we get to work together in this capacity and whatever future capacities we can plot and plan. (laughs) Oh, it's so many. Take over the world with natural medicine. (laughs) (laughs) Go plants. (laughs) Yay. Well, I'm, I'm really excited about this episode today because like I said in the, in the intro is that Orna and I spend a lot of time together in the woods. Well, not a lot, not enough time together. Not enough, never enough. Um, but we really enjoy getting in the woods together. And um, and we send this, each other pictures. Yes, yes. We share pictures and inspiration and those <laughs> kinds of things. So that's really lovely. Um, this morning, though, I went out for my walk this morning with my dogs, which I usually go to some beautiful place. And it's my sacred church and my, my soul satisfaction. Um, Dr. Orna also has a, a Facebook page where it's um, all about vitamin N. Can you speak to that really quickly? Well, all of my, what I talk about a lot is vitamin N as, you know, nature being its own medicine yeah. and all of my Facebook pages and Instagram and YouTube, everything talks about vitamin N because awesome. that's just what it is. Yeah, absolutely. And I so wholeheartedly agree with that. And so something different happened this morning when I was going to get my daily dose of vitamin N and I went to a space along the Sandy River up where I live in the foothills of Mount Hood. And it's a little place I love to take my family and my dogs and uh, last year in the s- springtime, my daughter gave me this beautiful sandy foot rub there. And I've just had really, Aww. really amazing times on this trail. And it's free and it's lovely. And I went there this morning and I I started seeing this this thing happening last fall. And it was tractors and it was bulldozers. And... Um, they were destroying that whole area of forest and it absolutely rips my heart apart and makes my gut wrenched in such outrageous ways. And I just wanted to check it out today to see what the hell was going on there and what made it so important that they needed to destroy this beautiful little sacred space. And as I walked through there with my doggies, there was a little path along there and just dead trees everywhere, completely ripped up for so long. And, um, Uh, Along the trail, it had little signs telling me not to step off the trail (laughs) so I didn't ruin the habitat. What in the hell are these people doing destroying this whole land telling me not to ruin the habitat? But I knew that – so that that really started my morning off rough today. And it made me quite emotional and angry. And on my walk, all I could focus on was how upset I was about this. And I knew that I was coming to talk with Dr. Orna Isaacson. And I knew she would be able to help me process along this. So we've decided we're going to do a little bit of talk about how we deal with destruction and despair and heartache like this. So with that being said, (laughs) doctor, what have you got to say? (laughs) Oh, so much to say. I mean, this is the state of the world right now. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to make an assumption about who's going to be listening to this podcast and say, you know, we are people who love nature and get out in it and have the experience that you did today. 
Um, we see our neighborhoods changing. Like here, I live in Portland right now and it's gotten so big that it's become a big city and it's hard to get by, hard to get around. It's really noisy and crowded. And some people like that, but for a nature gal, it's increasingly difficult. Mm -hmm. We have climate change, rising sea levels, um, changes in oceans, endangerment and extinction of so many different animals and plants. It's, and then, you know, what's going on politically in the United States right now and all over the world and in a lot of places all over the world. And it's very dispiriting. It is. And how do you keep going? Mm-hmm. And I think about this a lot because one of my areas, I mean, I came from journalism, as you said, I covered environmental issues as a newspaper and magazine reporter. So I've looked at this a lot and I have felt it very deeply Mm-hmm. Um, both the love for nature and wild places and the grief over their destruction. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason I switched careers was because it was really difficult to keep looking at that straight in the eye all the time. And I have so much immense respect for the people who do that for a living. And if right. you can support your journalists who are covering environmental issues, if you can support them in any way, by helping share their stories or just giving them thumbs up in places. It's a really hard job in a time that's yeah. really hard to be a journalist anymore. I can imagine but, like just with how I felt just this morning's walk, you know, yeah, it, it had the potential to ruin my day. <laughs> yeah. And you know, there's the external ecosystems like you were walking in and the internal ecosystems. So many of us know so many people with cancer and dealing with all these terrible diseases of modern living. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so so that's all the downer stuff. But right. <laughs> one of the beautiful things about being an herbalist, a reason there should be an herbalist in every home, yeah. again, yeah. <laughs> is that you know plants on a sort of, I don't know, representational level, it's about growth and life. And literally, physically, they're about growth and life. So um, I think it was David Hoffman, who's a big name elder herbalist, Mm -hmm. talked about at one conference, he said, one of the reasons that herbalists don't burn out is because we get to spend time with the plants. Yes. I think I was, was that at a traditional roots? No, 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 no. That was at, I think I've heard him do it twice. Okay. He did it at the American Herbalist Guild Conference. Mm-hmm. In 2000, when it was in Portland, like 2005, maybe. Mm-hmm. Nice. And I heard him do it again at maybe the International Herbalist Symposium. Cool. On the East Coast a bunch of years ago. Right. So this, it's the same idea. And I think it's really profound because, you know, if, if your herbalism is bioregional herbalism, wild crafting, it becomes harder and harder when we see these things. Yeah. Um, in a lot of ways, but there's an upside, which I'll, a, a sort of a silver lining, not an upside, which I'll get to. Right. Um, but if, but if you can grow th- herbs in pots on your windowsill, or if you have a garden, um, and you can be in touch with that, just the growing is hopeful. Yeah. And then there are the specific herbs that we can use to help support our mood and, one of the big areas I focus on in my clinical practice as an herbalist and a naturopath is 
helping people support mood. So stress, despair, anxiety, depression, like all of those things are so much a part of what all of us deal with, whatever else we might be dealing with. Mm -hmm. So it's always part of what I'm doing with my patients. Yeah. And so then you start thinking about what herbs you could use for that. And, you know, you have your, I don't even know all of your blends, so I'm going to forget some, but you've got your, your, where's your mind. So like bringing you back into your, which she's drinking right now, now. (laughs) (laughs) which sort of brings you back into yourself. Um, there are the herbs that help when you need to be a little bit more out of yourself, Mm -hmm. things to calm your nervous system, Mm -hmm. calm your mind. So things that are super easy to grow, like Skullcap, yeah. which has so many amazing benefits, is so safe. Um, I learned about using it for folks with seizures um, from Howie Brownstein down in Eugene, mm. Columbine School of Botanical Studies. Yeah, um, He's been using it with his clients, um, recommending it to his clients for years with great effect. Nice. And so- Skullcap is strong enough to really make a profound effect on the nervous system in Absolutely. really extreme cases, but it's safe enough to give to kids. Right. And it's something you can take every day that, you know, consult with your doctor to see if it's right for you, but of course. that you can give every day just to sort of calm the nervous system. I wanted to take a quick pause to show some love and gratitude to our sponsors of the Herbalist Path podcast, who make this show possible for me and possible for you too. So here it goes. I love this time of year. It's spring, the sun is shining, and all of our beautiful plant friends are popping up. It's amazing. Unless, of course, you're one of the millions of people who suffer from seasonal allergies. You know, the itchy, watery eyes, the sneezing and wheezing that's straight miserable. Thankfully, there are some amazing herbs that can help you with all of that. Just like the herbs inside of Kick-Ass Allergy from Wish Garden Herbs, one of my absolute favorite herbal companies out there. Kick-Ass Allergy, yes, I said ask without the K at the end. Anyways, this formula has yerba santa, nettles, echinacea for that immune support, and orange peels, all which come together to help dry up those excessive mucosal secretions. Yep, I'm talking about the sniffles and the stuffy nose, the watery eyes, and all that jazz. This blend also acts as a great expectorant and can help ease the swelling and inflammation in those mucosal tissues. It is a top go-to for seasonal allergies. And get this, they combine all those beautiful herbs with glycerin, so it actually tastes pretty darn good. Or should I say it tastes kick-ass without the K at the end. Anyways, if allergy season is miserable for you and you want a natural remedy that actually works for those itchy eyes and being all sneezy and wheezy, you have got to check out Wish Garden Herbs Kick-Ask Allergy. And for those of you with the little kiddos, no sweat, they've got a kick-it allergy too. And you pregnant mamas, 
You don't have to suffer either. They've got a kick-ass allergy formula just for you. So head over to wishgardenherbs.com or check out the link in the show notes and go grab yourself some kick-ass allergy so you can enjoy spring again. I love Skullcap, and I have a really great story behind it that I won't share today, but I will on another day. Um, yeah, Skullcap is a great one. I use it in the Unfrazzle Your Dazzle, which Unfrazzle is Unfrazzle Your Dazzle yeah, that's, would be perfect. That's what I use when I need a big hug for my nervous system to like mm-hmm. squeeze all the stress away. And yeah, there's linden flower in that one also, which I feel like when I when I take linden, it for me is this giant, I feel the tree's branches wrapping around me and just giving me the most beautiful hug and saying, it's okay whatever it may be. I, I, um, in, in the last couple of years, I had a family medical emergency that I had to go out of town for. And it was really, um, you know, family. So it was very emotional. Right. And when I was able to get out and take breaks, I walked down to the park and as I was walking, I saw this big shape of a tree and I could see that it was flowering. And I'm like, is that Lyndon? Mm-hmm. No, I just want it to be Lyndon. <laughs> and I get closer and I'm thinking, I think it's Lyndon. No, I just want it to be Lyndon. <laughs> and it was Lyndon. Oh, yes. <laughs> and it's a time of year that I'm never there. And so I had oh. never seen that there were so many Lyndon trees in this park in New York oh, City. Nice. How smart to have Lyndon trees, like tons of Lyndon trees oh, no in a park in New York City. People walking in that park. That is great. <laughs> yeah, and it's so, it's, it's important. This is another reason herbalist in every house, home, again. <laughs> right. Then you know that, you know that that's there. And even if you're not harvesting because it's a park and who knows what they spray on it. Right you can go and visit your medicine if you know how to recognize it. Mm-hmm. And for me a lot, just being able to touch base with, you know, plant geek, just being able to touch base with these medicinal plants that you can find somebody, you know, wherever you are, once you start getting to know the plants. And it's just like having a friend to like, give you a quick hug. Yeah, exactly. David Winston's onto something with that. <laughs> Can you say that quote, that quote again that he said the reason about the herbalist? Oh, David never... Hoffman. Oh, so- David Hoffman. Hoffman. Sorry. Sorry. So many Davids. I know. I, I'm not sure that I have the quote exactly, but basically that herbalists don't get burned out because we get to be with the plants. Okay. And sort of the that. life force and energy and the growing of the plants. Yeah, that's beautiful. And one other herb I want to talk about yeah. for the maintaining in the face of all of this stuff Mm -hmm. is milky oats. Mm. So milky oats works on the nervous system and also it helps support the adrenals, which are your stress, your, your stress glands. They Mm -hmm. produce your, some of your stress hormones. So, you know, that feeling when you're super frazzled, you're so stressed that, that like your hair is, exploding out of your head, that kind of thing. And you're in that place all the time. Mm -hmm. Milky oats is another one that as a sort of a long-term tonic, super safe, 
can really help. I, I like, I'm sorry, I'm using this as an example, but like, if you think about frizzy hair and then using the right conditioner oh, girls, and then defrizzing <laughs> your hair. That's it's a great example. <laughs> sorry. Um, but that's kind of what milky oats can do to your, to your nervous system and your stress system. So that's just, the unfrazzling of your dazzle that I think of. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And it's probably in unfrazzle your dazzle. It is. It yes, is. Absolutely. But it is in the dried form. And for those that don't know about milky oats, can you just talk about that plant and what they might know already about that plant that they didn't know? Uh, I don't know that I know what you're getting at, but just that it's the oatmeal is, plant. It's oats. Yeah. It's, it's the, uh, the, is it the fruit or this? I think it's the seed. The seed mm-hmm. when it's not yet dry and it's milky harvest seed. when it's not just, when it's not dry to harvest, to make the oats for your oatmeal, mm-hmm. you can squeeze it between your fingers and this white liquid comes out. And that's the quote unquote milk. Um, maybe we have to spell it with a Y so we don't get in trouble <laughs> with the dairy industry. That's oat milk. That's too oat funny. Milk. Yes. <laughs> um, so that's the, that is what's the oats in the milky stage are what's used in this capacity. Yeah. But oats have a lot of minerals and um, they're good for you as oatmeal also. Yeah. It's for this specific purpose. It's milk, it's oats in the milky stage. Right. One question I get often because I do use milky oats in quite a few of my formulas for their nervous system support. Um, but I have a lot of people that are concerned about gluten contamination. Mm-hmm. And just for those of you that might be out there concerned with that, um, Oats don't start with gluten in them. And what happens when they become oatmeal, the big processors like Quaker or whoever are using flour in their machines to cut the oats. So that is where the gluten part comes in. So if you're very concerned about that, just ensure you're sourcing it from a farm that can guarantee there's no cross-contamination. So that's just a little piece I come about. The other thing too is that sometimes uh, the larger companies will use the same machines for all of their grains. Mm-hmm. So it's not that they're cutting the oats, it's that there's some gluten containing flour remaining in the machine yeah. unless they're super meticulous about it. Right. Yeah, that's just a question I get a lot. And I'm like, no, there is there is no gluten in my teas. <laughs> I'm very cautious of this. I understand your, your sensitivities. So um, cool. And are there other herbs or things that you would recommend to help people through these challenging times? Well, I'm a naturopath. So there's like a million Fun. things, yeah. a million things. Right. But so, you know, getting good sleep. Mm. always helps. And I know that when you're stressed and freaked out, it's harder to sleep. So, Skullcap is something I love. So it, exactly. Skullcap is a great one for that. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have a sleep tea? I do. It's called Sweet Dreams Are Made of Teas, and it is amazing. Does it have valerian in it? It has a very small amount of valerian. I also use passionflower, skullcap. There's a little linden in there, catnip, oats. 
Um, and mugwort, a very small amount of mugwort, chamomile. I think I've almost nailed, nailed it all there. But. So I prescribe most of those for my patients for sleep. Mm-hmm. One exception is I don't use valerian because some people have paradoxical reactions to valerian. And right. instead of it making them sleepy, it makes them wired and anxious. Absolutely. And it does that to me, mm-hmm. which is why I don't remember the name of your sleep tea. And <laughs> <laughs> Why I generally don't prescribe valerian. Right. Also, mugwort is great for some people for sleep and not for others. People use it in dream pillows to encourage dreams, but some of us have dreams that are too vivid already. Mm-hmm. And I can't sleep if there's mugwort in my bedroom at all. So that's not to criticize your tea, which is beautiful and works really, really well for the people who can do Most valerian. people. <laughs> I, I've heard it's like about a 10% population that has right. adverse reactions to valerian and that mugwort can be way too powerful. Um, and there's a couple of reasons. Those are some of the reasons why they're a small piece of the formula, but again, still, if, if it is not good for you, then it's not good for you no matter how small that piece is. So, And again, I don't want to criticize your beautiful, beautiful formula. I just want the people listening who have trouble sleeping and think a dream pillow will be their answer to just know that if they bring the dream pillow in with all the mugwort and their sleep is not better, that that could be, they could be somebody who doesn't do well with mugwort in the bedroom. And similarly, if valerian's not working for them, it doesn't mean herbs don't work. It means that they may be one of the theoretically 10%, but in my experience, greater than 10% that has trouble with valerians. That's one thing that I want to iterate throughout this podcast and this mission of inspiring an herbalist to be in every home. We'll be sharing all kinds of herbs, but that's the thing about herbs. One herb doesn't do the same thing for everybody Mm -hmm. um, and every condition and every action that's going on. So that's why if you're really, really going to get deep into herbalism, it's really great to work with a qualified herbalist or a naturopath, um, somebody who really knows what's going on and can recognize your constitution and these plants and how they can work with you. So, And, you know, if the idea is empowerment of everybody, mm-hmm. herbalist in every home, again, I love that again. Yeah, I do too. Uh, <laughs> um, If you don't have access to a lot of herbal training, although now with the internet, there's so much more availability. Right. If you don't have access to a naturopath or an experienced herbalist who can help you dial in your specifics, practice on yourself before you start recommending to other people. Mm -hmm. So get yourself a little bit of valerian as a tea or as a tincture and try Try it if sleep is some of the th- is something that you're concerned about working with. See how it works for you. Start really slow. One drop does nothing. Two drops does nothing. Ten drops does nothing. Twenty drops knocks you out. Fifteen drops and you get really anxious. What's it going to be for you? You have to you you get to play with it mm-hmm. and and learn about it. And this takes time. It does. So um, Paul Bergner another elder herbalist, fabulous teacher. One of my favorites. He had a talk called How to Become a Master Herbalist in 30 Years or More. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's forever. And that's part of the joy is that there's always more to learn. 
and there's always new nuances you pick up from people. Like even after you study things for 10, 15, 20 years, somebody comes up with something that you've never heard before mm -hmm. and you know, it's, they verify it mm -hmm. and you've got a whole new understanding of this plant that's, that you've come to know and become friendly with. And now you understand this whole other aspect of them. That is a huge piece as to why I am on this herbalist path. Like when I was like, wow, I can learn about this every single day. No fear of boredom. Boredom was a problem right. for me in, in, <laughs> me too. in life. And um, yeah, I'll never be bored. There's always going to be something that's like, wow, that really happened with this plant or this body or, you know, this condition. Um, mm -hmm. It's really fascinating. And yeah, people will tell me, oh, you know so much about herbalism. I'm like, I know so little. And when I go to great conferences, I always walk away like, wow, you know, some, some sessions I'll be like, wow, I knew more than I thought. And some sessions I'm like, oh man, <laughs> I don't know anything. <laughs> you know? So yeah, it's beautiful though. I love that. The more you learn, the more you realize how little you know. Exactly. So I have a couple other things that can I say a couple sure. other things? Yeah, okay. please, please. Okay. So here where we are in Oregon, a few years ago, we had big fire. Well, we've had big fires all over the West, all over the planet in the past mm -hmm. bunch of years. Um, and we had um, some very big ones in the Columbia Gorge a few years ago. Yes. And people were freaking out that the forests they love were destroyed. Mm -hmm. And this is a little bit different from your experience walking in the woods this morning. But I want to say that fire does not necessarily destroy a forest. It just changes the stage that a forest is in. Right. So the trees may die, but the forest may not be gone. And one of the things that we see in forest after forest fires in landscapes that are adapted to them, like the ones where we are, right, is that almost immediately you start seeing new life pop up. They're not trees immediately, or some of them are little baby trees, but you start seeing herbs and, sh and shrubs starting to pop up. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the first things that come up are medicine. Yes. So I work a lot with herbs, but in my practice, I also work a lot with flower essences, mm -hmm. which are a very efficient way to use very little plant matter and still have profound effects on the mental, emotional, and spiritual level. Mm -hmm. And I see, I kind of resist the woo-woo the woo -woo magic, and then also I see the ways in which the woo-woo magic works, and flower essences sort of fall into that. I've got a video on my YouTube channel with uh, one of my patients who is super not woo-woo, super redneck, guy talking about how flower essences really made changes for him. So that's just right. for anybody who heard me say flower essences and wanted to turn off this podcast. Um, <laughs> but one of my favorite flower essences, and I use it almost every formula I do, is fireweed. Ah, uh, yeah. And there are a couple of different ones in the system that I use, but basically fireweed, river beauty, white fireweed, um, these are all plants, um, epilobium species. I guess they changed the genus to something with a CH. Anyway, it was epilobium. It's now something with a CH. Just to um, keep it entertaining and keep us to, learning, right? <laughs> we got to keep learning. <laughs> um, so fireweed species, 
they come in after floods. They come in after fires. Uh, I don't know everywhere they, they grow, but they certainly grow from here way up into Alaska, which is sort of my area of bioregional attention. Mm-hmm. And they have these brilliant purple flowers, except for the white ones, which are white. Um, <laughs> and they have, incred- they have a lot of uses, but the thing that I use it, them for the most right now in practice is as a flower essence. And it is about trauma, grief, release. So when you have to let go of things, when you've got major life changes and you just have, you're holding on to something really useful for that, because again, they come in after floods and fires about regeneration after trauma and really great for all of those things. So fireweed, we can see it in the areas after burns. Mm -hmm. Um, We can sometimes see it coming up in clear cuts after clear cuts. And there are a lot of medicinal plants that depending on how the land is managed after a clear cut, we can have different medicines coming up there. Right. So so that's a silver lining with the clear cuts. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I just want to talk about a couple other flower essences for grief and despair. Yeah. Um, Gorse is from the uh, Bach original flower essences. And that is one that I use a lot for no light at the end of the tunnel kind of grief and despair. Mm -hmm. Also, I use a lot of essences from the Alaskan Essences Company, which right. makes essences in Alaska. Weird. And, <laughs> weird. And, and some may not be from Alaska, but you know, they're based on Alaska plants and environments. Nice. And two that are used in their system. Um, one is cotton grass. Hmm. And I have a video, a little video I did of that on my Dr. Orna Instagram, IGTV. I don't think I have it on my YouTube. Mm -hmm. Um, So cotton grass is is for for shock. Uh And it can be the effects of shock that haven't been dealt with. So it can be grief and despair, but it's sort of like the, like if you, if, if you were coming to my office after your walk this morning, probably I would have given you cotton grass and some, and some fireweed and maybe some gorse. Mm-hmm. And for those that don't know about flower essences, how would somebody, if they don't have access to a great practitioner like yourself, how would they use these flower essences? Do you- so flower essences you can find in health food stores, um, in the sort of Whole Foods, New Seasons, those kinds of stores usually carry them. Uh, Co-ops usually carry them. Usually the ones they have are the Bach essences, which are the original ones. Mm -hmm. And the way you take them is you put, like the standard dose is four drops in water four times a day. Mm -hmm. And then it's a little bit, there's a little bit more when you start mixing them, like how to do it. Um, and I actually will be teaching a class on this coming up and I can get you that information if it hasn't already happened by the time the podcast runs. That would be awesome. Can you tell me the date of the class? Uh, now? I can tell you the date of the class. Awesome. I'm just, it's on a Thursday. <laughs> Is it in March, <laughs> April, May? It's on Thursday, April 16th. 
Oh, this podcast will be out. So those of you okay. that are hearing this and would like to learn more about flower essences, Orna, can you tell us where they can find that? So um, we don't have all of the information up yet because oh. it's being um, organized by students at NUNM in Portland. Nice. It will not be recorded and it will not be available by webinar. You have to come okay. in person. Nice. But it is, I think, at, it's at 5.30 p.m. on Thursday, April 16th on the campus of National University of Natural Medicine. That sounds great. And I will make, there. I assume that there will be a Facebook event. Mm -hmm. I'll also have it posted somewhere on my social media. I don't know where yet because I haven't done it yet. Cool. So they're, they're advertising it. And one of the things that I'm going to be doing is rolling that into a uh, more one-on-one -on -one paid training for people who want to learn more about flower essences and using them for themselves, their families, and if they're practitioners, using them in practice. So that will be another thing that will follow from that. So I'm hoping I'm hoping to do a bunch of that coming up um, and having I do have a I do have a few videos that talk about flower essences on cool. my YouTube and my IGTV. Cool. What's your YouTube? We're going to go over this at the end and I'll definitely link to it at the end of the show. But since we're here right now. So um, my YouTube is YouTube.com slash Dr. Orna. D-R-O-R-N-A. <laughs> and I have two Instagram channels because I'm a Gemini and so I have to. <laughs> uh, and one is Dr.Orna and the other is Garden Medicine, one word. Where she and has the most beautiful, beautiful photographs of plants, by the way. Thank you. And I have a beautiful picture of you from one of our business meetings in Boots. Nice. I love that picture too. It's such a good I've picture. used it a time or two for sure. Oh. You know, if you've got a, if you've got beautiful people in a beautiful place, you're going to have a beautiful picture. Right? Right? <laughs> Especially with a great photographer too. That helps yeah. a lot. Um, and I'm all over Facebook. And yeah. if you just... I'm, I'm easily findable. Google Dr. Orna, O-R-N-A, and you will find me in all of the ways. And everything pretty much connects to my clinic page. Um, so for anybody who wants to make an appointment, very easy to find. Awesome. Well, I still want to ask you a few questions about I, what you just shared was great. And thank you so much because as I got onto this call with Orna, I was like, you know, <laughs> I just had this experience and, and it was really kind of starting my day off the wrong way. And I knew chatting with you would be really helpful. And I know that there's so many other people out there that are, are dealing with these feelings of despair and, and loss and sadness. So thank you so much for sharing that um, as you can. It's my pleasure. It's so, we all need it. And yeah. we need to remind each other that this is out there. Mm -hmm. Like doctors don't treat themselves because we think we know what we're doing, but we can't see what we don't. And so, and this is true for herbalists. This is true for all of us. Mm -hmm. We need each other to help remind us. We need each other to hold each other up so that we can keep going, so that we can keep fighting, so that we can do what there is to be done to prevent the decline, slow the decline, reverse the decline, mm -hmm. to hold on to hope and to keep ourselves able to stand up. And 
and the plants are our friends. Yeah. Nature's our friends. And yeah. so, you know, if somebody is mean to you, I'm going to stand up to them and say, don't you do that to my Mel. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you would. <laughs> and, and we have to do the same to, you know, for all of our friends and the people who, others around us who need people to stand up for them yeah. or um, the plants and the critters and the landscape that needs people to stand up them absolutely thank you so i do want to hear more you just shared all of this brilliance and obviously that's taken years and years and years of of being this to get that brilliant <laughs> and i love it you talked earlier I'm about sticking, for those of you who aren't seeing this on video i'm sticking my tongue out at mel right now she doesn't like me telling her she's brilliant I apparently <laughs> I love you and you're so brilliant. Oh, thank you. <laughs> maybe we'll cut this part out. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. Um, so earlier you were talking about how you were a journalist and you're very specific to environmental journalism mm -hmm. and how, wow, what a perfect person to talk about what we just talked about. Um, and how that inspired you to go down the path of becoming a naturopath. But was there any particular aha moment or plant moment that made you say, holy crap, this is amazing? Or any plant that just triggered you down that herbalist path? Okay, so there's a whole story. Mm. <laughs> um, I never wanted to go into medicine. Mm -hmm. I never wanted to be a doctor. I mean, except when I was really little, when I was going back and forth between whether I wanted to be a nurse or a go-go dancer, but <laughs> that, was, that was short lived. <laughs> so I did a bunch of traveling, decided I wanted to work in the film industry in Los Angeles. Oh boy. Moved to Los Angeles. My undergraduate was in film studies mm -hmm. and, and it's the photographer thing, you know, mm -hmm. photography, film. That was what I did in college and journalism. And so I went to LA and I got really, really, really sick. And I ended up in the hospital for five days with asthma, with an IV in my arm. Oh. And then I fled and I moved up to the San Francisco Bay area. Mm -hmm. And a friend of mine's dad was a doctor who specialized in lung stuff, including asthma. So I went to see him and have him be my doctor. And he told me that because I had been hospitalized for asthma, I would need to be on steroids every time I got a cold or a flu for the rest of my life. Wow. I'm 25. You know, what do I know? This is what my doctor says. So next time I got a flu, I called, I got the, the steroid prescription. I did it for a couple of days for however long I did it. My flu got better. I wanted to get off it. Didn't know how. Mm -hmm. I called his office. He was out. I they sent me to his sub and the sub was out. Anyway, I ended up talking to somebody in a different office who said, oh, that's a really small dose. You can just stop. So I did. And for the first time since I was 13 years old, I missed my period. Mm -hmm. I had hot flashes. Whoa. And I said, you know what? No, no, <laughs> yeah. I'm just not doing this again. I'm like, yeah. Harvey, I love you, but I'm not doing this again. Mm -hmm. So I set out to figure out how to get rid of my asthma and never need to be on steroids again. Yeah. And I started reading books and it made my head spin. And I decided that it was better to 
go to somebody who actually wanted to be a doctor and wanted to learn about this stuff to get them to figure it out for me because I didn't want to do that. I wanted mm -hmm. to be a journalist. Mm -hmm. So I moved to Missouri to go to journalism school and I was real journalism school. I was not journalism school. Excuse me. Let me rephrase. I was really allergic to Missouri. Mm. I was making um, cranberry sauce for Thanksgiving and I use honey for that. And I was using local honey mm -hmm. and I licked the spoon and had an asthma attack. Oh, wow. And so this idea of local honey for asthma and allergies, it is not that straightforward. It can mm -hmm. actually make things worse. And I don't know if I have a video about that or not, but I will make one if I don't, mm -hmm. because it actually can make things worse. If it makes things better for you, mazel tov, that's great. <laughs> um, but, it, but just be careful recommending that to anybody else, because mm -hmm. it really can create allergies to new things because often what's in the honey is not the thing that you have the problem with. Right. And you're already, anyway, so that gets into, that gets into immunology, which we don't need to do here. <laughs> right. um, so I saw an awesome practitioner when I was in Missouri who gave me all these herbs and apparently said to me that if journalism didn't work out, I should consider medicine. Hmm. I don't remember her saying that. She told me that when I called her years later saying, Hey, I was thinking of going to naturopathic medical school. Do you think that's a terrible idea? And she laughed at me. <laughs> anyway, so I basically didn't want to do anything but journalism. I'm all over the place. And then in the early 2000s, I got a flu and it went into my lungs. And it's like when you start drinking and you learn how much you can drink by getting sick from drinking too much. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards you're like, I know where to stop because I know what that feeling of too much feels like. You know how right. to stop just before it. So I was feeling that with my lungs. Like I need, I need to go to the hospital. I'm very close to needing to go to the hospital. Mm -hmm. And my, I was living in Eugene and everybody I knew was studying herbal medicine. <laughs> and so I had a neighbor down the block who gave me a whole bunch of herbs to try and I wanted them to work, but they weren't mm. quite working. Aww. And she said, call my teacher. Uh -huh. And so I called her teacher who had me add two herbs. One was Oshala, Oregon Osha, Ligustigum mm -hmm. Grayi. And she had me take that internally. Mm -hmm. And the other was um, thyme, which I had growing in my garden. And she had me steam with that. And between those two things, and it's now 20 years ago, so I don't remember exactly the timeline, but in, it was less than a day. And I no longer felt I needed to go to the hospital. Awesome. And that was my epiphany moment um, of the, the place that I go, the woods that I go to has medicine for me mm -hmm. and my garden time that you mm -hmm. put in, that you put on your vegetables, that you put in your salad dressings time. It's yeah. in the mint family. You can grow it on your windowsill. It's mm -hmm. right there. That was my epiphany of medicine is not something that is in a, that exists only in a doctor's office. Mm -hmm. Medicine is all around us and we all have access to it if we know what to do. And again, you know, my neighbor was several years into studying herbal medicine and she didn't come up with these things. 
Sometimes right. you need a more, exp which is not in, in any way to put her down. Right. And she gave me a formula for allergies another time that I still don't even understand how it works, but it's the most <laughs> brilliant and amazing formula. But sometimes you need to hear from different people to come at things from different angles. But one of the beauties of herbal medicine is that there are many angles at which to come at things. Yes. So I just want to say I have Knockwood never had to go to the hospital for asthma again. Oh, yes. I carry an inhaler with me. I can't remember the last time I used it. Mm -hmm. um, I learned things as a naturopath, as an naturopathic medical student about diet and lifestyle that helped change the underlying issues that were causing the asthma. Mm -hmm. So I would say, you know, I, I'm aware that this is a place I can go, but I've had very few problems with it. And this was after you know, pretty, a pretty intense experience with it in my twenties, wow, that's, that's a great story. Yeah. I love that. I think a lot of people end up going down their herbalist path because they've been let down by allopathic medicine, which certainly has its place and its necessity in our world today. But, but like you said, medicine isn't just in the doctor's office. It's in your kitchen cabinet. It's and in I, your garden. And I want to say I wasn't let down by allopathic medicine. Like when mm -hmm. I went to the hospital, I was having really dramatic coughing fits mm -hmm. and because I really had needed to go to the hospital earlier than I did. Right. Really dramatic coughing fits. Um, I, would, I could basically like take two or three steps at a time before crouching down and coughing. I was, yeah. crawl I was literally crawling around my apartment to get to the bathroom mm -hmm. because I was... I was that bad. And then I got to the hospital. They got me all set up. They put an IV in my arm and I'm lying in the bed and I was bored. So I was like, I'm going to go on and explore. So I get up and I start walking around, walking around, going to the nurse's station. They were busy and didn't want to play with me, which was boring and made me sad. Walking <laughs> around, And then I was like, okay, I guess I'll go back to my room. And as I was going back to my room, I realized I haven't been able to walk this much in weeks. Mm. Yeah. So it's magic what those allopathic medicines can do. And I was very, very grateful. Mm -hmm. But it's not the only way and not when you're not super acute. When you're super acute isn't the time necessarily to look for alternatives. Right. Take, accept the steroids and all of the whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but once you're starting to feel better, and this is true across the board. Right. You get the drugs that make you start to feel better, and then you have the energy and resilience to start looking at the changes that will get at underlying causes so that you don't need the medicines anymore. Brilliantly said. Yes. If it weren't for allopathic medicine, I would be dead, and so would my daughter. So I'm grateful. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so all of us, the, the, you and me and she, we're here because we were lucky enough to have access to medicine. Yeah, absolutely. That's beautiful. And so I want to ask you quickly, if there were one herbal, one herb that you would have everybody have in their home, one herb for everybody to know, what would it be? Uh, okay. So I have an answer to that. It's a tough one. <laughs> no, I, I have an answer to that. The problem is there are caveats because some people, you know, it's like we were talking about earlier with Valerian, 
not everybody can do every herb. Mm -hmm. And I know people who can't do this herb. Oh yeah. Unfortunately. So can I have two? I'll give you two for this okay. time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so my one herb is garlic. Mm. Because garlic is antimicrobial. It can help with digestion. There was a study, and I really need to look it up to get the precise numbers, but it was a Chinese study looking at lung cancer incidents. And it and garlic in culinary doses, meaning a dose that people who like garlic could easily eat in a week and people who are okay with garlic could easily eat in a week. I think it was three cloves a week. I might be mistaken, but it was something like that. And that's a clove, the individual thing, not the whole big bulb. The bulb, yeah. People get confused with those, but just the little one, the one individually wrapped one. So like three of those a week. Lowered the risk of lung cancer in smokers oh, by wow. something like 30%. Wow, that's great. So it fights, it's, it, it helps reduce cancer risk. Uh, it helps you uh, not get sick. It helps you if you do get sick. It helps loosen your snot if you've got a big stuck cold. Um, it helps lower blood pressure if you have high blood pressure probably 15,000 other things mm -hmm. um, that I'm not thinking of because I didn't adequately prepare for this. <laughs> and, and herb number two. Time. Yeah. Nice. Because digestion, antimicrobial, good for lung stuff, makes your food taste better. Mm, um, so does garlic. So does garlic, <laughs> of course. So all of these things that can help um, with digestion, with immunity, um, either or both of them topically in a tea as an antimicrobial for cuts and scrapes, just so useful. And again, um, probably 50,000 other things that I'm not thinking of right now. Of course. Yeah. I mean, those are great ones because most people have them in their kitchens and can go use them now if they need to. Yeah. Thank you for sharing those two herbs. It's really fun to ask that question on these interviews and hear what people come up with. So you're the first one that did those two. <laughs> Yay! Um, this has been awesome. And I am so grateful again to have you on and to have the discussion that we just had. It was a really, really important one. So thank you. I know that you have a patient to visit with soon. So we will start wrapping this up. I wanted to just touch base again. I know we talked earlier, but just so people can really get it in their minds, where can they find you, Dr. Orna? So the simplest way is just Google Dr. Orna. Um, and I'm Dr. Orna Isaacson. There are a couple of doc other Dr. Ornas, but I'm the one on the West Coast. There are? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <Never. laughs> there are a few. There are a few. There's another naturopath. Um, she's in Ontario, I think. Nice. Anyway, so that's the easy way. Mm -hmm. um, you can find me on Instagram at dr.orna mm -hmm. or Garden Medicine. You can find me on YouTube at youtube.com slash Dr. Orno, one word, no period. Yeah. I'm on Facebook in 50 million places. Uh, I, I, made, I made a note. I made notes. Um, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. I'm on Twitter as Dr. Orna ND. 
I don't do a lot there, but yeah, there's some stuff that goes there. And I also wanted to, and all of those will get you to my website one way or another, but for your listeners, I wanted to offer um, a special free gift. Yay! I have a guide to a free guide to spring medicinal weeds. Yes. And I will link to that on my Instagram on both my Instagram accounts. You'll be able to just go to the link in the bio and grab that if you want. Um, and you, I, I have all these different, I'm still figuring out which, uh, URLs I'm going to focus right. on. I have a bunch of them. <laughs> but if you go to drorna.net, mm-hmm. so .net, um, that will link you to a place where you can grab um, that free spring medicinal weed guide. What a great gift that is. That's awesome. Thank you. I hope that you enjoy it. Yeah, I bet. I know I will. I bet our listeners will too. Um, I did want to ask you one or two more quick questions. Um, One is, I mean, maybe we kind of covered this a little bit, but is there a, what's the greatest reason you think there should be an herbalist in every home again? We all need to have basic life skills. Mm -hmm. We need to know how to brush our teeth. We need to know how to scrub our toilets. We need to know what to do if we start getting sick. Yeah. It's just, it's just a basic life skill. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, maybe this is part of the answer too, but we've sort of outsourced our health and not just our health care, but our wellness. Mm-hmm. And, and that is disempowering. Right. And there's so much to know. We, there's so much knowledge and information available to us. And how can we know all the things? And we can't. Right. But having some basic idea of, like, you know, if you burn yourself, if you burn your hand cooking, you put your hand under cold water. You right. know that. But beyond that, we, we, we go into fight, flight, freeze. We, freeze. we can freeze up and not know what to do. Mm-hmm. And so having just a couple of basic first aid things, easy to hand, helps with fear, helps us feel stronger, and action is the antidote to despair. So it gives us some actions. Heck yeah. I love that. I love that answer. And yeah, (laughs) empowering indeed. I love that. And basic life skills for sure. Um, One last little one. Is there something that is... um, is there anything else you'd like to add? Any advice for somebody just beginning down their herbalist path? Uh, yes, and I wrote it down. Let me yeah. see what I wrote down. <laughs> <laughs> so it's what we've been talking about, about how there's always more to learn. And the more you learn, the more you realize you don't know. Right. Stay humble. Mm. Stay humble. There's a point at which you know a bunch of things and you're all like, I know a bunch of things. <laughs> Don't ever confuse, I know a bunch of things with, I know all the things. Oh, yes. And it's easy to go there because you want to. You want to feel that sense of accomplishment. And yay, you have accomplished and celebrate your accomplishments. 
But if you ever find yourself saying that you know more than people, I would recommend step back and listen carefully because even somebody who knows almost nothing will have wisdom for you. And it may be the wisdom of, oh my God, I never want to say that out loud. <laughs> but, but there's wisdom for you and try to stay in that place. Beautiful. I love that. That is um, a really, really important piece. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I love you. And I, I am you. so excited to have you on this show. So. I'm so excited to talk to you and to be part of this awesome work you're doing and to yeah. get to get to hang out with you and get to chat. And we have to have a business meeting in the in the woods with Boots soon. Heck yes, we do. Heck yes. Yay. And, and for all y'all listening, we'll take pictures. <laughs> and post them on our Instagram for Absolutely. you. Absolutely. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, that's got to happen soon. Soon. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Mel. Wow. Thank you so much. What a great session that was with Dr. Orna. I just love that woman so much for her brilliance, her compassion, her knowledge, and uh, the way she shares her information with people. So I really highly encourage you to go ahead and get out there, follow Dr. Orna, download her uh, freebie off of Instagram. Today only, she's got a great webinar on how to prepare your body for coronavirus because right now we're in the middle of all that madness. Definitely a webinar worth signing up for. And get on her newsletter because she is really on fire about teaching people various ways to use plants as medicine in their lives. Um, so yeah, with that said, I'm Mel from Mountain Mel's and I would love to offer you my Herbalist Path listeners a 20% discount on Mountain Mel's right now. Um, just use the code the Herbalist Path as one word. Take it easy on me if you order hand sanitizer because it's crazy how much is flying off of our shelves right now. Um, yeah, thanks again for tuning in to the Herbalist Path where there's an herbalist in every home. Again, peace. Hey, I wanted to take a quick pause to show some love and gratitude to our sponsors of the Herbalist Path podcast, who make this show possible for me and possible for you too. So here it goes. Medicinal mushrooms are all the rage these days, if you didn't know already. And with great reason, because they are powerful medicine that can improve your health and your life in so many different ways, when they're well-made. Yeah, it's true. There's a lot of stuff on the market that isn't going to be so effective. And that's why you need to find a brand that you can actually trust. For me, that brand is Whole Sun Wellness. And this is the creation of a brilliant woman and fellow mama, Jamie Bonfiglio. She's an international mushroom educator that has been working in the medicinal mushroom industry for years. And this is when she saw firsthand how many other companies take shortcuts when it comes to their products. And Jamie wasn't having it. She set out to build her company the right way. Whole Sun Wellness is here to raise the industry standards so those crap mushrooms on the market aren't getting into your body or your family's body. Whole Sun Wellness is the first company to test and report nutritional facts for all of their extracts. They go beyond industry standards every step of the way, from sourcing to extraction and final testing. 
And as the owners of the largest medicinal mushroom farm in the United States, Whole Sun Wellness is taking control of their supply chain for the highest quality and absolute full transparency. They're even the first company to include pure mycelium extract in every single product. So when you're thinking of getting medicinal mushrooms for you and your family, Whole Sun Wellness is exactly the ones you want. Also, be sure to check out their new Mycolites. These are the world's first dissolvable electrolyte tablets. They're featuring functional mushroom extracts that'll give you more energy, more stamina, and recovery as well. And who couldn't use all of that? The other thing is, they are these adorable little mushroom-shaped tablets, and they come in like a little Altoids box, but way cooler than Altoids because they're Mycolites. Anyways, head to wholesunwellness.com to grab yourself some mycolites and all of the other functional medicinal mushrooms that you and your family need. And of course, you can grab that link right here in the show notes now. <music> 